Chaos to Cured podcast is here to explain our perspective of the human experience. We hope it leads to questions, learning, wisdom, and knowledge. Welcome to Chaos to Cured podcast. Um, I'm here with my amazing co-host, Jeffrey Freed. We are going to talk about something that for me, I'm really passionate about and extremely frustrated at how much I see when it comes to mental health uh, in regards to this particular issue, and that's shame. So one thing that, you know, uh, Jeffrey, you know, I, I know I had mentioned this to you before on the phone, and I thought the story was worth mentioning again. I was seeing somebody, and I, or I was watching a movie, uh, and I'm trying to remember which one it was. Regardless, they got over cancer, which is a phenomenal thing. And when somebody, you know, has a ongoing health battle and they defeat it, you know, it's pretty common for people to go out and celebrate that accomplishment. They went to the doctor, right? right. So you just take the break down the steps. They went to the doctor. They found out what was wrong. Um, and then when they find out what's wrong, there's sympathy and there's care. And then they find out the medication they need, the, the right treatment. And then when they, that treatment gives them their life back, there's a celebration. Now, that's what happens with physical health. With mental health, um, you get uh, fear of going to the doctor. Now, that happens with physical as well. But with mental health, all of the celebrations are gone. They're not, they don't exist. There is in place of congratulations, you, you faced this, you figured out what's wrong, you're taking action. It's the person doesn't want to talk about it. The family's ashamed of it. An entire culture might be ashamed of it. It's, and then when someone actually takes the effort to do all of the steps necessary to manage their uh, unique issues that they face, um, and we all have struggles, then there isn't the celebratory, you know, hey, I face this, I'm taking medication, I'm getting better, I have my life back. I, to me, that is probably one of the biggest disconnects and it shows how we still don't have a grasp on how important mental health is because I can tell you without your mind, it doesn't matter if you have physical health, you, you need your mind. Um, what are your thoughts on, on stigma? Number one, two things you've maybe seen and you can, you can make these short and jump back to me. I know you're not feeling great. Uh, so with your voice, but two, you know, what you've seen. Um, and then three, what are some things that, you know, either people can do, or um, I know how I personally deal with it, ways that you maybe suggest a family handle some of these things, even like the diagnosis part or these steps in between. Go wherever you want with this, and we'll kind okay. of go back and forth. It's about shame. Yeah, well, um, working with people with autism, it's even more paramount. Um, I can't, it's, it's so, it's considered so terrible for someone to have a diagnosis of autism because the shame is, is, is amazing. 
So if I work with someone and I know they're on the spectrum and I want them to get diagnosed officially and I want them to learn about it, I can't even tell the people. I can, I can basically sugarcoat it a little bit and say, you know, they, your, your, your friend, might, your child might be um, a bit on the spectrum. Maybe they have Asperger's, um, you know, maybe it's something else. But I can't, if I, I've had at least 10 incidents where I have told parents I suspect autism, and that's it. I didn't see the kid again. They hated me after that. I was right. In every case, I was proven right. But that's how powerful the stigma is. It's considered a weakness, a character flaw, if a person has um, some kind of mental, um, you know, mental challenge. And why? What's the variable? I mean, one has to really think about this. What's the variable between being diagnosed with bipolar, not even bipolar, I'm not going to go there, someone being diagnosed with leukemia or arthritis or um, heart disease? There's no real shame with that because it's physical. But there's an element of shame around any of those diagnoses that are considered emotional or mental. And for the life of me, I just take it back to Losing your stuff, I almost use another word, um, is considered to be the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. If you go crazy, um, you lose it, you're going to be put in a loony bin, everyone's going to stay away from you, you're never going to get a job. And if you say autism to most, most, especially parents, they immediately just flash into my child is going to be sitting in a corner for the rest of their life and they're going to be drooling and they're going to be making ritualistic moves. They're not going to be toilet trained. They're going to have to go in an institution. That's the thing that's so shocking. So many parents still believe in this day and age that if you have a diagnosis of something like this, you are going to not be able to take care of yourself and you're going to end up in an institution and never be productive. And they don't dare tell their friends because their friends will think less of you and certainly of your child. I don't even know where to start. It's so pandemic, so powerful, um, so commonplace and so destructive. Back to it's, you, I, I don't think you can state it better than that. Um, and for you know, everyone that's listening, if you're a parent or a, you know, brother or sister of someone who is diagnosed uh, with anything, whether it's autism, with bipolar, uh, OCD, anxiety, I mean, my goodness, my, my family, you know, uh, we have like everything, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, somebody's got something. And, you know, it, it's, it is shocking when you break it down. And, there, there was a just a real clear moment when I was watching the show and I saw that and I'm like, why don't we celebrate when somebody is living a normal life and they have ADHD and you know what, they're surviving in an environment that doesn't even, isn't conducive for their, their mental, uh, I guess their, their strengths. So, I mean, if you're, you have ADHD and you're, you're stuck in a, a cubicle with people walking all over the place and, and, you know, sounds happening, I mean, that'd be horrific for me, you know? So 
anytime I feel like people are out there and they're struggling with something, whether it's that or, um, you know, to me, you know, when you see people thriving and you, and it is possible. So everybody's listening. That's the key part. It's, it's possible. Um, we need to celebrate those steps. I think that's actually part of the, I think a key step to ending stigma and shame is celebrating the fact when we do the right things, we seek help, celebrate, you know, congratulations. Good for you for looking for help. It's, it's a horrible thing. If you're working in any industry and you don't know what's wrong and it's a big project, if you don't go seek help and you wait till the end, it can set a company back billions. Um, it's a big deal. And actually it's a common thing for people to think it's bad to ask for help. No, it's really important. It's, um, there is one thing that you did say that, and you brought up, uh, in regards to, you know, not being able to talk about it. I've had the same exact experience with, with parents and, uh, especially, you know, working with children when they're young, and, uh, you know, especially not, you know, being in a place where I can uh, say uh, or diagnose, I have no medical expertise to do so. Um, I've worked with enough children, you know, if you see hundreds, uh, you know, a week for, and, and over a long period of time, I was lucky enough, you know, you and I both work with uh, little ones up through when we see them go through college and stuff. Um so I get that kind of enjoyment. Um, but when you see enough of them, you can kind of tell when I, I have one, uh, he's a young man, amazingly talented, um, very bright and just has no ability to stay focused for more than, you know, three or four seconds. And that's how the mom sees it. And that's how the parents see it. And that's how the teachers see it. So, the mom is a really great mom and she, you know, comes to me specifically, I think because she asked questions like, what should I do? And one of the first things that I said, look, listen, they're, they're going to tell you that he can't focus. I was like, and I asked, so I said, just tell me if I'm wrong on this, he can't focus. Yes. They said that. I was like, uh, he, you know, he's causing, you know, disruptions. Yes. Uh, he's impulsive, right. Interrupts. If you just go down the list, right, and, and you know, and I can't say anything. And I know, too, you know, especially, again, culturally, this individual in, in this particular culture, it is not okay to have a mental health issue whatsoever. It's just not okay. The, the family kind of almost disowns the individual, or it's kind of a, a dishonor. It's definitely not right. a good thing. So I can't say... I can't even give the hint. You know what? I would suggest, you know, maybe seeking out cognitive behavioral therapy. I kind of have to coax it in terms of saying, uh, you know, guiding them in by saying, and honestly, the wonderful thing about doing this is that I just speak the truth. It's not a bad thing. He's hyper gifted in so many beautiful areas and they need to focus on that. And you said earlier in a previous episode, and this has been a little bit of a mantra of mine since you said it, I love it, which is, you know, focus on the effort, not the result. Focus on what they are, how hard they are working, 
how important it is for them to like, you know, just keep going. Um, and that was another thing you'd said, which was, um, you know, as long as they never give up, right. They'll succeed. Right. So, you know, the, the shame, as far as the, the fact we can't even really talk about it and you do get uh, blowback. So I know teachers often have a hard time and I know psychologists and psychiatrists and MDs do not like doing this, whether you're a PA, I don't mean to miss out on anybody in RN, all of the medical professionals. If you have to go and speak with a family member and it's part of your job to deliver news of a diagnosis and it has to, and it's related to mental health, it is absolutely terrifying to give that news. In fact, I think, in, and I've heard this, and I've been told this by some uh, friends that work in the medical f- field, it's, it's just as bad as telling somebody they're going to die because they see it as a lifelong thing. It's the end of one current life. And that's how people view a diagnosis, like you said, with autism. They'll cut it off. They don't want to hear it a lot of times. So the stigma is so strong, people can't even accept it. And when someone says, oh, you, your, your child might be on the spectrum or your child might be bipolar, the only thing anyone ever hears are the negatives because mm-hmm. that's the negatives. And by the way, let's, we don't need to get into this wormhole, but we should do a show about it, which is, you know, why is negative things are the only thing that sell? Um, on, you know, I, I saw a tweet by, um, Elon Musk and everybody's paying attention to it right now. So we may as well pay attention or talk about it. It'll be a historical event, but, uh, on Twitter. And I just saw, he said, I hope they keep criticizing me because it sells more advertising. And that to me just, again, fit into this whole, like we are so negative and with mental health. I know with autism um, and um, as you just mentioned, have you even found uh, how long does it take people to accept that diagnosis? And well, it's better you... now. Yeah, it's better now than it ever was. Um, talking to my parents who are, they're not living anymore, but they would be in their 90s if they were. Um, when, when they held a job, if it got out that they were seeing a psychiatrist or a therapist, they would be fired. Um, when people applied for jobs with the government, if they found out that they had been um, seeing a psychiatrist, they would be fired. It's way better now. And that's because, well, number one, we, I think we have more mental challenges now because of our culture. People are a little bit less repressed now than they were then. So it is better. It's just not good enough. And it still traps a lot of people behind enemy lines. But I know that amongst, there are circles in this country where you can, I mean, it's almost a badge of honor to be seeing a therapist. It shows your work, working on your problems. Yourself. So it is getting better. Um, it's just, it's, it's getting better with um, depression and um, mood disorders, because I think most everyone's got one or a diagnosis of one, <laughs> or it would seem so, but it's not with autism and it's not with um, stuff like bipolar. 
it's it's those are considered to be serious and schizophrenia that's the yeah, other one that, that one for sure yeah there's, there's no no positive spin on that if you tell um tell someone that that's what you suspect however these things are not at all in many cases all that harmful people who have schizophrenia usually have wonderful insights so they're always very bright People with autism can focus really well and can really thrive in a, an environment that requires lots of focus and insight. And people with autism are usually very bright and they finish things. Unlike people with ADD, the autistic person is the person to send if you've got a hard project that you want to get finished. ADHD, uh, I know for myself, unless I have somebody, it, it's actually hard to get things done um and you know uh it's and i absolutely interrupted you keep going yeah so mental illness is we all know intellectually that it's, it there are you know, there are strengths there are weaknesses it could be chemical imbalances causing the problems it could be certain strong behaviors causing the problems therefore causing the imbalances Everyone's different. There's more, there is so much more versatility, diverse, diversification. We, we respect people's differences more than we ever did. So it is better. But stuff like autism, and I'm going to keep coming back to that because that's my, that's what, that's my work. Um, you know, it ain't good. What I, what are some of the most common, um, I'll give you a few of the mis most common misconceptions for like bipolar. Uh, so a, a lot of times, you know, people have the general idea of it down. So ups and downs. So you become manic and you become depressed and you, you swing. There's this little minute minuscule point where you're normal quote, right? Which, pretty much just means you're not causing problems with your life. You're not destroying it one way or the other, either spending too much or not able to function and move. Um, so that's kind of what bipolar is broken down in a, in a very crude uh, way. Um, a lot of times um, if somebody sees that the, that on my chart, um, I will see a, a new doctor, um, somebody who's not familiar with me, um, tighten up in fear. Fear is a really common one because a lot of times schizophrenia and bipolar mm -hmm. um, are directly tied with violence and yep. aggression. Um, and by the way, uh, again, I do not mean to say that, uh, you know, I was not capable of violence, especially in, you know, manic states. And I wrote about that in my book. Um, so people, uh, by the way, um, may as well shamelessly plug the book chaos to cured um that i wrote um and it's hard to find on amazon i don't know why just type in cast to cured and kirk patrick miller um i wrote that book specifically so family members and siblings can see the steps and all the intricacies of bipolar and what it's like and then they can actually empathize and and understand it and then jeffrey freed would you please um, plug your amazing book uh, because it, it really helped me as well. It's called Right-Brained Children in a Left-Brained World. Simon & Schuster, 
It was, it was released in the late 1990s. It's, it is on. You can get it pretty much anywhere. It's still oh, yeah. selling. It's um, an amazing book. Amazing book. And if you have a, a child with, um, I, I honestly want to be upfront. People with ADHD, absolutely. Just a dead giveaway. Uh, pick up that book. But also those who are dealing with autism, there's so many similarities and a lot of the things that were in there are very visual um, and the, the suggestions, they were very helpful for me. So take a look at it. Um, so, you know, again, we, I put that stuff out there specifically so we could face some of these stigmas. Um, this, the amount of stigma stuck on me for writing a memoir. Hmm. Oh my goodness. I can't go. I mean, Think about it this way, this day and age, if, um, again, we talked about this, we joked about this, I want to go on a date. So I'm on mass.com or uh, Bumble or whatever somebody's using nowadays. They see who I am. I talk to them. They find out my name. All you have to do is type it in Google. My book pops right up. Then all you do is click on that and you read about the, the you know, horrific story in a lot of ways of what I was. Um, and to give you an idea, I, I, before I get back to some of the misconceptions, I, I wanted to say this, uh, if people really want an idea of the different or the, the amount of stigma around something like that, um, a lot of the people that I work with now have not known me in the past and nor are they familiar with what I wrote. So I had, a few people that, and they didn't even equate my name and the book, um, although they're working in that field. Um, and then, so when one uh, wonderful lady found out that I'd written it, she said, no, she literally didn't even believe that was possible. And, and that is the level of stigma on, I have bipolar, so I couldn't possibly yep. be functioning and, it, that is is so that's another misconception by the way by about bipolar which is um that they are not able to function hold a family hold a relationship that is not true you can hold a job you can have a family you can live a successful life with bipolar yes you have to manage it yes you'll probably have to take medication and mood stabilizers um and work out but you can so those are two of the huge misconceptions. What about um, that? some that you've seen for autism or any mental health issue? Well, people, when they hear that you're on the spectrum, they assume that you're going to be terrible socially, um, that you're going to be very introverted. You're not going to want to go to parties. You won't be able to make small talk, that you will be rigid and inflexible, and that you will um, just, just essentially be very hard to communicate with. And the most important variable for people at work is they don't care so much how good you are at your work. I mean, you have to be good at your work. But more important than that is they want to associate with they want to, they want people want to hire people and be around people at work who they feel comfortable with. And they just assume they won't feel comfortable with someone on the spectrum. But then if you lie about it and you get hired and they find out about it later, you're considered you know, dishonest and a liar. Exactly. Yeah. It's a tough deal. It's, it's to the point where the thing that's going to change it is the sheer numbers of people that manifest it. 
autism was considered when my, I mentioned my parents earlier, um, when they were, you know, in their heyday in the 1960s or something, I mean, it was, it was, autism was considered to be very rare and esoteric. Now, there are estimates as high as 15 to 20% of people that are on the spectrum. And we also hear these really good stories about all these really successful people that are on the spectrum. They're not all, all necessarily the nicest people in the world, but Bill Gates, Elon Musk, um, Winston Churchill. Um, See, so yeah, there's more. I'm, I'm Edison. Um, so many. So many, so many brilliant were, people. And they changed the world. So, and then there's TV. I love the fact that on TV now, I don't even care that it's, if it's accurate or not, they're, they're portraying people on the spectrum as in families and surviving. That's so good. Some of those shows where they have an autistic main character, that's what we need. That's what I love broke that. down racism. That's what broke down racism. You started seeing black and white people and Hispanic people together in social situations and it, and it worked. I don't know that they're necessarily TV producers or movie producers are necessarily doing it for that reason, but it is one of the things that media does that actually makes things better. And I applaud movies like Rain Man. Um, okay, it's a stereotype. The guy seems really, really weird, but he, they showed his strengths. They showed Not his- Not the weaknesses, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's what we need. So many people have it. So many people really run with it. And it's not a disgrace. It's just going to take time, Kirk. Well, you know, um, I love, uh, you know, when we, we talk about, you know, pointing out the strengths, it's we're not ever advocating, ignoring the weaknesses. Uh, it's, it's not about hiding um, behind the strengths. It's just about, you know, looking at every every time we have the opportunity to to make a choice every moment we get to make a positive one or a negative choice um we can if, you know if we drop something the, you know we can think about it two different ways every single moment is an, is an option and if you break down um the the brain and to like, I guess, compare it to a computer, which technically is accurate. Um, we can train how we think. So that gets into neuroplasticity. So people listening, um, we'll, we'll do a show about neuroplasticity as well. But for me, I just wanted to be really clear. Um, it doesn't mean that bipolar or some of these or my OCD, there are great strengths that come with them. And I want to focus on those. But there are hardships that come along with it. There, um, for for example, for my OCD, uh, and I'm not super scared of germs, but certain things will get stuck in my head, and then they repeat, and it it's hard to stop. So I was at the gym the other day, took a shower, and the floor is like kind of you know gross, and so. Uh, I mean, my spot's all clean, but you have to walk to get to the lockers. Well, my feet are clean. I don't know what to do. And I'm like literally stuck there for like five or 10 minutes, like completely like unsure of what to do. And all I had to do is walk, right? So most people that are going to hear this won't understand that that was like terrifying. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to step forward. 
Um, and, and again, I was objectively knowledgeable that this is absurd. I'm an adult male. I should be scared of like stepping on tile, right? It's yep. silly. So I eventually pushed past it, just kind of forced my way through it. I knew I had to talk myself through it. I'll be like, it's okay. You know? Um, so I grabbed a towel. Uh, I grabbed a second one. I went back, clean off my feet again, and then just used the towel to walk across the floor. I looked ridiculous. I don't care. At this point in time in my life, I know that I have some quirks, but by embracing them and understanding that, yeah, there, we all have work to do on ourselves. My, my challenges might be a little more unique or compared to someone else's. It doesn't mean that they're unique. Um, and we're never alone. But I, I think the shame, uh, I like what you said, that it just needs to take time and it's going to take time. I do love those shows. Big Bang Theory is one of my favorites. Right. Um, one Young Sheldon um, yep. follows that same character. It's that one really gives great insight. And they did a phenomenal job on that as well. Good Doctor is fairly well done. I mean, I haven't watched enough of them to comment on the, the accuracies, but those, those kind of things we need to focus on. Uh, I think Beautiful Mind, that movie did a, be- a great job. I saw that movie and that is the true potential of what people can do. And that yes. individual had schizophrenia. Um, and uh, that's one beautiful thing about schizophrenia is that there is a potential that it absolutely vanishes. Um, there's a small percentage. Um, and I don't know the, that off the top of my head, um, but that's not the case with autism. It's not the case with bipolar. However, I'm living proof. You can absolutely manage it and have a great life. And we do need to knock these stigmas down. Um, I think the first step is, it, you know, again, like I said at the beginning, absolutely. If you're out there and you went to the doctor, be proud of yourself. You just face something. And then when you get the diagnosis, no matter what it is, don't just look it up online. Make sure you talk with an expert. We always advocate, you know, researching, understanding it from a lot of different angles and be open-minded look for the positives. There's a lot of great things that come with being what we would call a non-neurotypical in the medical field. Um, so, you know, as far as that goes, you know, reach out, celebrate, then take steps, celebrate your steps. And when you do overcome them, let's say you have, you have just for, to throw out an example, you have ADHD and you start taking uh, a medication whether Ritalin, Concerta, you know, Adderall, whatever. Uh, and it works. Celebrate. When you come home and your locker's organized and you're getting your work done and you're, you're noticing a difference, make sure your whole family celebrates that fact because you just did the same thing as somebody who broke their leg and went to the doctor, got a cast and dealt with it for six weeks. It's, the, it's literally no different. To me, I couldn't agree more. So, Jeffrey, I know you are not feeling well. Thank you so much for joining me. Still, rest up. Um, for everyone listening, we are going to make this a shorter show. Please, uh, you know, continue to give us some feedback, and we'll jump on shows and make sure we follow up on what you ask us to do. So, thank you for listening. Uh, we wish everyone well. Have a great night. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you. 
thank you so much for listening to Chaos to Cared Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with everyone you know. And definitely like, follow, and subscribe. Certainly leave a comment if you'd like. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about the next time. Also, in our show notes, there should be direct links where you can follow us on our social media as well as reach out to us directly. Thanks again and have a great day. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Chaos to Cured podcast are the speaker's own. All discussion is based on our own experiences. We do not and cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information. Chaos to Cured podcast cannot give medical or health advice. All discussion is based upon our personal experiences and meant for general and educational purposes. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help or for diagnostic purposes for yourself or another. Cast Cured Podcast always encourages you to consult an appropriate professional.